pause to consider. The podcast where you put your busy day on pause to consider spiritual encouragement and wisdom on your walk towards God's kingdom. Thanks for joining me. I'm Sam Taylor, here to get you thinking about the Word of God. Imagine for a moment that you lived in a 2D world, not unlike classic games such as Pac-Man or Mario. In this world, you could perceive height and length, and you can go either up or down or backwards and forwards. However, due to the limitations of your world, you wouldn't be able to perceive depth. Now imagine still that I'm back in our three-dimensional world, but I want to introduce myself to you. The problem is if I tried showing you who I am by walking through your world, because you can't comprehend depth, you'd only see cross-sections of me a little bit at a time. You could see parts of me, but you'd lack the frame of reference to realize that all the cross-sections are just part of one being, me. So how then could I show you, in your two-dimensional world, that there's a whole aspect of reality you never knew existed? Well, one thing I could do to help you perceive the third dimension is to cast a shadow onto your world. Say I were to take a cube and shine a light directly on it. The shadow the cube would cast would project itself onto your world, allowing you to see a two-dimensional rendering of a three-dimensional object. Now, a shadow isn't a perfect replica of an object. The distance between the light and the cube and the distance between the cube and the two-dimensional world would distort the appearance of the shadow, making sides of it larger or smaller, as well as making the whole shape seem larger or smaller, depending on the angle and the distance that the light hits the cube at. But after getting over the startling appearance of a spontaneously appearing object, you would eventually understand that it is not itself an object. Rather, it's a projection of something you can't fully perceive with your limited senses. But now you know it's there, and you can explain it to others in terms you and they can understand. Though you and I would like to think we have a good handle on things around us, we struggle to understand the abstract. And God knows it's hard for us to wrap our minds around what we can't see, but he still believes it's important to teach us all the same. In Hebrews 9, verses 24 through chapter 10, verse 1, the author wrote to the Hebrews to show them that the Lord Jesus was what the law of Moses pointed to all along. Let's give it a listen. For Christ has entered not into holy places made with hands, which are copies of the true things, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God on our behalf. Nor was it to offer himself repeatedly as the high priest enters the holy places every year with blood not his own, for then he would have had to suffer repeatedly since the foundation of the world. But as it is, he has appeared once for all at the end of the ages to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And just as it is appointed for man to die once, and after that comes judgment, so Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time, not to deal with sin, but to save those who are eagerly waiting for him. For since the law has but a shadow 
of the good things to come instead of the true form of these realities, it can never, by the same sacrifices that are continually offered every year, make perfect those who draw near. Over 1,500 years separated God's establishment of the law of Moses and the death sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ. In that time, many faithful people lived and died, not fully realizing just what Christ would do. God in his mercy did not want his people to be ineligible for salvation just because they were born in the wrong time. Yet he also wanted to provide a way to show them that there was not an excuse because they could not see Christ. So they needed a way of life that would teach them about Christ centuries before he was even born. To remedy this, God shined the light of his glory backwards in time onto the person who would become Jesus Christ. And that would cast a shadow. And that shadow took the form of the law of Moses. You and I recognize that because we are in a point in time where we see Christ's outline all over the law. However, we don't appreciate how difficult it was for Israelites under the law to comprehend what we know today. Part of that is because, just like the shadow of a cube on that two-dimensional world, there are distortions. For example, we know that Christ only offered one sacrifice. But the law of Moses was full of sacrifices that needed to be offered all the time. Those distortions didn't change who Christ would be or what he would do, but they did challenge the Israelites to build faith in God that what he was trying to show them in the past will be clear to everyone one day. For you and I, it's important to recognize that this process of God teaching people about Christ and his kingdom before they appeared has happened since creation. In fact, the concept of shadows and substance is a crucial part of creation language. Genesis 1 verses 1 through 3 tells us this much. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void. And darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. The earth itself was without a form, and it was empty. Yet throughout the creation account, God took the first three days to give it a form by creating light, creating heaven, and parting the seas to create dry land. He then took the next three days to fill the void of the form, to give the earth not just a shape, but substance. He created sources of light, the sun, moon, and stars. He filled the skies and oceans with birds and fish, then finally filled the dry land with animals and then people. It's God's process of spiritual creation to show us an outline of something that is yet to be filled, and then to show the fullness of it. He did it for the Israelites under the law, and he does it for us, too. But how does he do it for us? Well, we see the shadow of Christ all over the New Testament. What is the shadow we are living under? To answer this, we need to remember what the gospel message proclaims. In the New Testament, the gospel is the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. With Christ seated at the right hand of our Heavenly Father, we live under the shadow of of his kingdom until he returns. We have an idea of its outline that takes the form of our relationships with God and Christ as well as our brothers and sisters in Christ. 
what we do when we get together, the way we look after each other, the way we preach its coming through our actions, they all serve as an outline for what the kingdom will one day be like. And like the cube, it has its distortions. There are imperfections in the shadow because human nature is fundamentally imperfect. But we do know when the fullness of the kingdom finally materializes, we shall see it for what it truly is. And no longer will it be a shadow of good things, but it will be the greatest thing we ever know. And until that day arrives, let's continue following Christ's example and trust in God's overarching care. For though we can't comprehend the true scope of God's comfort and God's care, we do see a glimpse of his love for us when we take refuge under the shadow of his wings. From the little things like our daily needs to the ultimate sacrifice of his son that he sent to us, for us, the shadow of his presence speaks of a love too great to fully grasp. Yet we show our gratitude by not only continuing to dwell under it, but by also sharing his love and care to others who don't yet know it. So to conclude, let's reflect on 1 John 3 verses 1 and 2 and look forward to the day when we will no longer have to resort to discerning shadows of the good things to come. See what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called children of God. And so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, because we shall see him as he is. I want to thank you for listening to another devotion here on Pause to Consider. If you enjoyed this episode, I hope you share it with your friends and your loved ones. And if you haven't done so, I hope you take time to subscribe to Pause to Consider on your preferred podcast platform and give some time to rate it so that others can find this podcast as well. If you have any questions or feedback, I'd love to hear it. You can email me at pause to consider podcast at gmail.com. You can also follow my Instagram and Facebook pages as well if you have any questions or feedback. But above everything else, I hope this devotion was helpful for you. And I pray that God will be with you until we meet again, whether it be on our next episode or in God's kingdom. God bless. Thank you for listening to Pause to Consider. I'm Levi, and I wanted to be sure you've heard about a few other podcasts in the WCF network. I am actually one of the co-hosts on a show called A Little Faith, where we explore faith breakdowns and buildups with different people who have very powerful stories to tell. That's A Little Faith. Tom and Naomi are exploring how we interact in our ecclesial relationships in From the Platform. It's a very in-depth series that is incredibly helpful for understanding and developing compassion and better listening practices. You can find both of those wherever you get your podcasts or our website, wcfoundation.org slash podcasts. Have a great week.